0: An idea, a vision. The Hill Academy was started in 2006 to produce the best student athletes in the world. Today, the legacy of the original 16 students pulses throughout the school. But the world is changing, innovating, and creating, and so are we. So you better give it your all every day. Empty the tank, or it's the next man up. Hi there, welcome to our first episode of the Next Man Up podcast. Hosted by current Hill students, Next Man Up is a show that targets the highest levels of achievement, independent thought, leadership, and legacies of various individuals from then and now. Through this podcast, listeners gain a variety of perspectives of student athletes' past and what it takes for them to make it to the next level. My name is Dyson Williams, a current postgraduate student and member of the senior men's lacrosse team here at the Hill Academy. Today we are joined by Hill coach and lacrosse legend, Brody Merrill, who is currently the captain of the San Diego Seals. As an outstanding leader, he has helped grow lacrosse to where it is today and helped his family start the Hill Academy, which is now in his 13th year. He is a graduate of Georgetown University, where he was a first-team All-American in his final two seasons, a Team candidate member on multiple occasions, and has had amazing careers so far in both the NLL and MLL, and he is set to join the premier lacrosse league this summer.
1: So, how are you doing, Coach? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thanks for that introduction.
0: No worries. I'm um, glad to have you here in this... Uh, the first podcast and uh obviously it's an exciting thing for our school and like what do you think uh this can do for the hill
1: well it's been interesting over the the last few years i've really it's uh it's been cool to see that shift and and i've actually really enjoyed um listening to podcasts whether it be on my commute in the morning or during travel so i, I think this is great this is going to be a, a great resource for the school
0: yeah, I completely agree obviously like the PG class few of us uh, working more um, directly with the podcast but I think that so far the work we put in before can uh, show like more episodes to come and obviously the quality of people that have come to the hill and work at the hill that we can interview is uh, very cool and special and um, be very exciting to see so obviously um, you and your family started the hill and uh, you guys came up with the idea and everything. Could you please just give, uh, your elevator pitch, uh, for the Hill?
1: Sure. Yeah. It's, um, you know, it's crazy. Time has, uh, has flown by, um, when we, uh, you know, first, uh, connected on this. And I'd like to, uh, to say that we had big plans for the Hill Academy, but it was really my dad, uh, really in this stage of his life and his career, um, where you know he really felt like this was a need, and my siblings and I, Patrick and Tori, had all grown up with, um, you know, with athletics as a big part of our life. And my my te- my uh, parents both had a phys ed background, and so school and sport were always a big you know part of our family life. And and um, yeah, so I think we uh, we kind of saw the landscape and and really wanted to create a place where there's a you know, a healthy relationship between academics and athletics and where students can really um, kind of take a deeper dive into their sport without having to compromise, you know, their academics in any way and really, you know, do more than they ever have, both academically and athletically, but have it feel easier. Yeah, it's uh,
0: very impressive to see, like, where something can start and, like, how big it can grow because, obviously, 13 years ago, it was a lot smaller of a school, like way less students, and um, it's definitely changed a lot. And So did you guys see see it being where it is today?
1: Well, it, it's funny. Being in the moment, you know, as much as it, ch- it has changed, and it has, um, you know, a lot has, has remained the same too. And, and uh, you know, it's, uh, as my dad likes to say, it's kind of, it's led us as much as we've led it. Um, so it's, uh, what I've found is that, uh, you know, the uh, you know as each year passes by, it, fe- it starts to feel a little bit more like a normal high school in many ways. I think that we're unique, um, but we, you know we've been able to offer more and do more with our students, and and so that's been pretty cool to watch uh, play out over over this time. But it's really flown by, and um, I think to our early days, a lot of those same principles and kind of identity has uh, stayed true over the years.
0: Yeah, I have to agree with that obviously. So this, this is my fourth year here and um, it's true that the Hill is very unique and obviously it doesn't necessarily feel like a real high school. We, we're not normal here and it's, uh, it's a good thing. We, we go to school in a hockey arena and not many people can say that so I think that's like something that definitely defines us more as student-athletes here and obviously the Hill brand is something that um, doesn't go unrecognized at the next level and I think that the things that we're doing here and how, obviously starting from the top up with the leadership here um, and the staff definitely helps us to, uh, as you see, the alumni
1: exceeding at the next level. Well, what I find and, and, you know, I feel so fortunate to be in this environment is the quality of, of student athletes like like uh, yourself and, and and many others, you know, and I think that's what makes the Hill Academy is, you know, like it's uh, it's pretty amazing, you know, and I think just being under one roof with some special people, and and so it's really um, you know it's it's a collaborative thing, and it's a it's a connection that we all share amongst our you know the staff and the students, and and uh, yeah, I think some people you know come to the Hill Academy, they're in a you know they look around, they see their surroundings, or you can kind of see you know how does this all work type of thing, but when you're in it and you're uh, You know, you kind of live in it day to day that, uh, you know, although it's unique, it starts to feel normal here. And uh, there's a good kind of vibe and and flow to things here that uh, I've grown to really appreciate.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I completely
1: agree with that. Um,
0: So obviously it's grown to this point now, but... Maybe in ten years, like do you still see it being the same, or do you see any changes potentially?
1: No, i I think that we want to continue to keep growing and and uh, you know, uh, as we like to say, keep striving for improvement and continuous improvement. Um, you know we we would like to, you know one day be a little bit more of a traditional school facility and setting. Um, so you know, this has been an amazing, you know, kind of interim situation for us as we've kind of built the foundation and, and uh, you know, have had some growth over the years. Um, but uh, so uh, like you'll see in, in most academic environments, and you know, especially collegiately and in kind of that private school prep school world, you can always see. Um, you know uh, we want to be able to kind of keep up that way in terms of facilities and growth and and so we're we're always looking for ways to uh to continue to enhance w- where we are and and uh you know rural facilities and and our home uh and then continue like kind of the staples of our school are pro people and programming, and so making sure that we're you know continuing to attract great people in our staff and and great leaders in our staff and then uh, really be forward thinking um and progressive with our programming that's awesome so uh obviously
0: keeping the the hill in the conversation right now the the hill academy is a name that is becoming more and more familiar with everyone and like the lacrosse world and um you can kind of look at people that don't know the hill can look at the hill academy and think uh what the name means but uh obviously there's some deeper meaning to the name of the hill and would you like to talk about that a bit?
1: Yeah it's uh, I always point back to uh, with my mom who's uh, really been such the rock in this whole process and she uh, she's more behind the scenes and and uh, she's the one that really uh, you know uh, a lot of it was kind of dinner table conversation and and she uh, she really liked the name the hill and and everything that it symbolized and and from there we we built out the uh the acronym and uh which has really become a big um you know a, you know our foundation really in terms of our culture and so um you know starting with H is highest level of achievement which is really you know pushing yourself to the edge of your potential every day and and uh you know, and, and I think that's a that's a pretty cool thing is that we're constantly looking for ways to challenge and support our students just right at the edge of their potential. And then I stands for independence or independent thought, and that's you know also a really cool process here. You start to see our students become their own person, uh, take ownership, and uh, you know like start to get a little bit closer to finding themselves here and who they are and what they want. And then uh, the first L is leadership, and, you know, I like to think that that's kind of an underlying uh, theme in everything that we do. And uh, as much as we're trying to be better, uh, you know, students, athletes, um, you know, I think we really want to focus our attention on character growth and, and uh, you know, your lacrosse game, your hockey game, your studies. Um, your happiness will really be a byproduct of your uh of your character and so that's it's uh, uh, always been a point of emphasis here and, and we're really proud of how you know students can go on and make an impact in terms of their leadership at the next level and then legacy is is it your footprint that you leave behind and and uh, you know the, the the impact that you'll have on others in the school and we challenge every student here to you know try to make the place a little bit better than when they got here and and uh, so and also a lot of cool little traditions and And, uh, you know, symbols that really uh, reinforce legacy and and, uh, which I know our students take a lot of pride in. So that's kind of in a nutshell where we started um, from the name and then kind of building out our culture from our our core principles. Yeah, that's very, uh, very cool to hear about that.
0: Um, And as you were talking about certain symbols have kind of like came up after the hill was started. And obviously um, there's been so many impressive alumni have gone through the school. But sadly, um, Evan Fristaglio and James and Kuhlman lost their lives while they were attending the Hill. And uh, the number 18 and number 45 kind of mean a lot. They mean a lot to the students here and everyone that has gone through the Hill Academy. It's mm-hmm. set at the end of every workout. We break down in the middle of games at the end of practice. And uh, the jerseys are up in the gym. And you uh, hand at the forty-five penny at practice, and you see the one-eight and four-five. You if you go to the hill, you hear every single day. And so, what can you t- can you talk about those two numbers?
1: Yeah, I think it's uh, those numbers have become powerful because uh, our students really can relate to the to those stories and to their to to Evan and Jameson's stories and and use them as kind of inspiration and motivation. It's a great um, you know source of um, you know, perspective too. Just that we, uh, uh, you know, we're lucky to be doing what we're doing every day, and and so um, yeah. I, I, when I think of those two former students, you know, I think they would be really proud of uh, of the impact that they've had on the school. And I've heard one student kind of say it's like the kind of the spirit of the school in many ways. And and so um, you know, it, it's still uh, to me just really sad to think about those two stories, but also there was any kind of silver lining to it it's just the the impact it's had on so many and the inspiration that so many of our students have, have drawn from it not unlike the number 51 right and uh, what that what that number means to the lacrosse community too so it's just these little things right like whether it's a feather the 1845 or, or 51 they're, they're it's just really perspective and you have great you know you can't help but have you know in that sadness also have gratitude for what you have and and what's around you and the opportunities that you have
0: yeah that, that means a lot like hearing that because obviously the symbols mean a lot to me throughout the day each day and uh obviously not every day is easy but um when you look to those symbols it it helps you get through the day and it helps you uh realize that what you've got right now is amazing and playing for those who can't is important and um just, just doing the things that you love and having fun with life, and obviously lacrosse is something for us that we wanna. You want to have fun. You wanna. You're doing what you love. It's always a great day to be playing the sport, and mm-hmm. I, I think that, I- that taking advantage of those times to do so is uh, very important. And obviously remembering um, those who can't at the same time. Agreed. Uh, so, obviously, as you're saying, the these symbols kind of inspire the student athletes that come through the hill. Um, but it's not just that that kind of inspires them. Like, um, there's obviously other aspects to how they separate themselves from the norm because um, we do such different things. So, how do how would you say that Hill student athletes separate themselves from the norm?
1: Yeah, it's um, it's really um, you know being in a, a unique environment. I I think um, what I I love seeing here day to day is just that that interaction that you see between um, students from all types of backgrounds from all over the world, really, that all have, you know, similar goals and dreams and, and that relationship and that interaction is a powerful thing. And, and, uh, so having that under one roof where, um, you know, you're rubbing off on a student and vice versa, um, you see that uh, in subtle ways and maybe ways that you're not even conscious of in the moment. Um, but, I think that's um, you know one of the key advantages of being here is just being surrounded by like-minded student athletes, and uh, you know a, uh, you know great leadership within our staff, and so um, students that are here want to be coached and and uh, want to do well, and uh, I think that's uh, that can be pretty unique in an academic environment.
0: Yeah, I have to agree with that. Um... And you're talking about your interactions with, um, students over the time and, uh, obviously watching different players grow to, uh, um, where they've like become now at the next level. And, uh, you obviously have had many memories so far at the Hill and, um, what, what any ones that stand out so far?
1: Yeah, it, it's, um, like, I feel like every team, um, has this sp- kind of a special place and, um, you know, in my in my memory, and and uh, some been amazing moments, and and uh, it's it's a lot of it's just like the moments in between. You know, like whether it's um, on the road or uh, you know even um, you know meetings in our office or uh, you know practice. I love practice, and um, but I mean, that being said, like I, I feel like our early group, one of our first teams, that was. That was pretty special because it was, uh, you know, really building the foundation and we had, you know, great people, uh, you know, uh, guys like Nils Thompson and Travis Como, the two uh, um, two students from Alberta, small town Alberta, combined with, uh, you know, guys like Randy, Randy Statz and Ryan Burnham and Zach Palmer and uh, the Noble Brothers. It was a really neat kind of mix there and, and so... Uh, it doesn't seem that long ago. Now they're all doing well, whether you know still playing the game or or uh, you know kind of in the real world, and and uh, some that are getting married and having kids, and so it's it's kind of neat to see that. But um, and it's kind of there's different almost now thirteen years thirteen years in. There's kind of different stages and and eras to that. But um, I I would say there's there is a connection there though. Like you can see. I know with, like, a player like Jeff Teet, who was, who was doing really well uh, at Cornell now, one of the top players in the, in the game, he really kind of looked up to Zach Miller, you know, who was there kind of when Jeff was younger, and you can see some similarities in their game. And and um, so it's, it's cool to see that continuity, you know, amongst all the different players and teams and and see how that can kind of get passed on. Um, from from year to year and a little a little piece of uh, uh, of each, you know, I, I find like the, the graduates that move on, you know leave a little bit of a piece behind and and uh, you know, kind of keep raising the bar in, in different ways. And so um, it's yeah, it's a really cool process uh, to see that. And so there's not, there's not one or two memories that, stand out there's probably a lot of collection of of little things that you kind of uh grow to appreciate just day to day um i mean there are some cool lacrosse environments and uh and some big games and some big wins that we've had over over the years but um as i said it's more the in-between times and the relationships and the connections that you make with the with the the students and the players over their time here yeah that's awesome
0: so uh as a common theme that you brought up is just like, great players, and obviously as well as great people that have gone through this program, and obviously over your over your lacrosse career and your life, you've had different personal experiences that have helped you grow. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, how have you used your personal experiences in both lacrosse and life to help grow um, the Hill students?
1: Yeah, so I, I see a lot of myself in the in the Hill students, and that's what really first attracted me and. And to being in a position like this is that I had, uh, you know, so many great coaches and mentors that really uh, showed me the way and and provided great direction and um, and so people like Chris Sanderson and you know I think of all my coaches uh, over the years the the, San- the whole Sanderson family I feel like I've been coached by by every member of the the Sanderson family which so I've, I've had a cool connection that way but then on on through um you know my high school career to to playing in college I've had some great mentors and too many to name uh, on this podcast but and so I think about those people kind of day to day here and and uh it's um you know take different things that I've learned and try to kind of pay that forward put your own spin on it and pay it forward and um so it's a really I find it there's no job like this it's really rewarding um, to see, especially at this time and this stage in the high school years, where you see, as we talked about before the the podcast, is that uh, a lot of change happens in one year, right? At this stage, so it's cool to see that you know our students start to accomplish some of their dreams and their goals, and again get a little bit closer to becoming, uh, you know, the person the person that they can be.
0: Yeah, I have to agree with that, and obviously. You said the people, like the mentors you had and you've obviously had different relationships with um, players and teammates over the year and obviously with over a long career you're going to have many and too many to name on the podcast but um, I had the pleasure of meeting um, this man and uh, my dad was able to play with him and win a world championship with him and you grew up as a best friend, Kyle Miller. Um, I want to talk about him.
1: Yeah, so it's um, again. I when I look at some of our interactions amongst our team and and the students here, I see a lot of myself and Kyle in those relationships. We were, um, you know, really tight growing up. Played on every team together, and and uh, you know, there wasn't field across in Canada. It's definitely not what it is now. Um, so we were fortunate enough to get, you know, kind of mentored by Chris Anderson and. Uh, so, you know, like, and and he was really the first person from our hometown to go off to play Division One lacrosse. He played at the University of Virginia, and and I think maybe the first Canadian to play, um, you know, Division One lacrosse as a goalie, especially. So, um, you know, we were looking up to him, and kind of it kind of broke down that wall, and uh, and then took kind of an interest in us. You know, we played. He coached on the U nineteen Canadian team, and that was the first time i had picked up a pole the first time Kyle had played goalie you know we are at 16 17 years old and um, so that was that was neat and then we were we started we, you know we went away to Salisbury school together a prep school uh, he went off to cornell i went to georgetown and and um, so it was you know a pretty neat thing two two kids from a small town going off to to play uh, division 1 lacrosse and and chris really i guess you know, kind of mentored us through that process, and so, again, that's a big source of motivation for me here now, and, um, you know, unfortunately, Kyle, um, in his sophomore year at, uh, at Cornell, about a week before we were supposed to play each other for the first time, um, was diagnosed with osteosarcoma, which is a form of bone cancer, and um, he, uh, so he life changed for him pretty quickly and had to go home and, uh, go through chemotherapy, had an operation to, uh, to remove a portion of his leg. And, um, so it was a pretty, a pretty dark time there and, and, uh, pretty amazing person. he he never complained. He always, you know, maintained that he was going to come back and play the game despite, you know, um, Despite what all the doctors were telling him, and, and kind of common sense, and uh, he, he came back and finished his career at at, uh, at Cornell and and played again and went on on that national team with your dad and I in, in two thousand six, and uh, you know basically playing on one leg, and uh, so um, unfortunately, eight years later it resurfaced and uh, and spread and and. Uh, you know, became, uh, became too much to overcome. And so, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, uh, it's weird because somebody that you're so close with at, um, you know, is such a big staple in my life. Uh, you know, not just in sport, but just personally is, uh, you know, is, is really tough. And, but I draw a lot of inspiration from him as well. And, and how, you know his his battle through through uh, dealing with cancer and how he handled it. Well, something that I'll, uh, is is something I'll never forget. So, um, yeah, I, I think about him often. You know, I think about him when I see, you know, we see uh, even a lot of our goalies of wore number thirty five in the past, which is which is his uh, old number. And and uh, so when I see that out on the field, it uh, kind of brings a smile to my face in, in kind of a bittersweet way.
0: Mm-hmm. I have to agree. It's obviously a very sad story, but very inspiring. And obviously, for you growing up with him, it's, it's he was an amazing man. And obviously, um, knowing him, um, you're able to learn a lot from that time. But um, obviously, honor him every day. And so, uh, moving on, uh, I know you're you're a very humble man and don't really like to talk about yourself too much. But I know. Uh, the listeners would love to hear hear some things kind of more personalized and uh, uh, so you brought up before and I brought up as well you you went to Georgetown you were a two-time uh, first-team All-American there um, obviously and you went to Salisbury before then were recruited from there um, where, where was uh any like driver like where was your decision come from to go to Georgetown?
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of a funny story because when Kyle and I were here in Orangeville, we got connected through Chris Anderson with a guy by the name of Brian Rogers. And uh, they had met at the World Games, and uh, Brian was coaching at the Salisbury School and had kind of recruited Kyle and I to, to go to Salisbury. And uh, the day before I left to go to Salisbury, we had a really good connection with Brian. Uh, I, I can remember it. We were we were practicing with the junior A Northman and Chris was at our practice, and he's he's like, hey, did you guys hear about Brian? He he, uh, he took the job at, at Georgetown, and uh, so we're, we're kind of devastated at the time because uh, again we had that connection with him and and um, but it, it was all good. We we ended up going to Salisbury and and he recruited Kyle and I to to go to Georgetown and and uh, and so. Uh, the day before I left to go to Georgetown, it was almost like the same room, the same time of year. Chris was like, uh, "Hey, Brody, you're about Brian Rogers. Uh, he he left. He went up to Hobart. He's coaching at Hobart now. And so, this guy, you know, Brian Rogers, who I still he's actually come out to a few of our Hill games and and uh, kind of a, a kind of an eye in the sky when when we play down. He's from the D.C. Maryland area, so. Um, so it's funny, I never, I never actually got to play with, for Brian, but he, uh, he opened up uh, two pretty big doors for me. And, and, uh, so at that time, again, it was somewhat random, like, uh, the whole recruiting process. I, um, I, I didn't have many options. I, I, uh, I was looking at some, some, even some D3 options to play hockey and lacrosse. And, uh, but then I got to Georgetown, it was amazing, you know, uh, amazing environment, much different than what I was used to, you know, it was in the in the city of Washington, D.C. And, um, you know, I love our, our coach, Coach Urick, who is really my coaching mentor and who I look up to um, in the game now and, and who I think about every day as I coach. Um, that was, you know, the whole combination of that was, um, you know, was a great fit for me.
0: Yeah, that's that's obviously I've i actually never heard that, and that's a cool story. And
1: yeah.
0: obviously, Georgetown's kind of where, um, not obviously where your lacrosse career started, but where um, you made a name for yourself in the lacrosse world. And uh, obviously, since then, have been a household name for any anyone that follows lacrosse. Um, and it's and I love this because uh, you always laugh when, when this is brought up, but obviously, um, you're known as one of the best defensemen of all time, but recently you made sport center for the full field buzzer beater with the Boston Cannons so what was that moment like
1: yeah that was kind of it that was neat you know like um i, I can remember the game you kind of have that feeling we were down by two goals and so uh it was uh it wasn't looking good i think jordan wolf had the ball and jordan wolf uh, is you know is is the fastest guy in lacrosse and so It's, uh, usually in pretty good hands when, when he has a ball in his stick. And, and so it wasn't looking good. I think there was maybe 10 seconds left. We go to double him. Um, we're kind of in that desperation mode. I don't even know how we got the ball back, but, um, initially Mitch Blyle, my D partner goes to pick up the ball and, uh, I'm like, no Mitch, 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 I'm going to shoot this. (laughs) I'm going to shoot this. Cause he was just kind of trying to huck it down there and, and, uh, I didn't actually really see it. It was a dark night. I didn't really see it go in. I just kind of saw the reaction from my teammates, and it was, uh, so it was pretty cool. It was, it was a fun moment, and, uh, you know, probably, yeah, what, what most people ask me about in, in my career, but, uh, so it was, def- it was a lot of, uh, it was years of, uh, you know, pregame shoot-around coming to fruition where just messing around, shooting those long bomb shots uh, had finally paid off. So. Yeah, that's awesome. And you kind of one-upped
0: uh, Coach and when he when yeah he did that's kind of, of like in and... the office
1: here um, yeah he kind of had that and uh, well we both you know kind of both uh, are known for that so um, but uh, yeah it was a, it, it was definitely a cool moment that's
0: awesome and uh, obviously that was at the Boston Cannons but now um, you're on the list of players that uh, are going to be a part of the PLL Premier Lacrosse League so what are your thoughts on that and where that's gonna
1: yeah. Be? I think of, I think about our younger players at the at the hill and and all the opportunities and kind of the trajectory of where the game is headed and and uh, you know it's really exciting you know I think just to have uh, you know uh, those kind of opportunities for all across players and um, so it's exciting you know it's really exciting to see um, all the traction and the attention that it's been getting I think there's been some great leadership there and. And, uh, you know, uh, I think a lot of kind of the back of the bus conversations that you have as players um, throughout the years. it's um, when you have players involved in it, you're, you know, trying to address some of the things that, you know, uh, uh, would really make for a great league and, and really improve things. So, um, you know, for me as an older player, it's, it's, it's great to see it now and, and to still have opportunities like this. Uh, but I, I kind of think now like you know with the the Olympics on the horizon and and uh, you know the PLL the MLL the NLL it's you know it's a it's a neat time for the game and I think that hopefully we can get it to uh, you know uh, get it to that next level into the mainstream and and uh, more and more players can make a career out of it and uh, you know the game gets uh, it's such an amazing game and you know like to see the game get the attention that it deserves
0: I have to agree with that obviously um lacrosse we all love it and I think that now that it's getting more recognition is very cool but um as you're talking about field a lot obviously you're an amazing box player as well and you've had an amazing box career so far as well and when I think about box obviously NLL is uh kind of that professional league but um growing up and watching summer canadian box across is unbelievable cuz it's just it's just something that is different from everything cuz it's there's a lot more uh, it's like more gritty than yeah. uh, like the, the other leagues and um, in 2009 I, I had the privilege of being the ball boy in the the man cup yeah, team remember
1: remember it well <laughs> yeah
0: um, so that was obviously a crazy series like 7 7 long games and it's something that when people that are lacrosse fans don't um really uh, hear about or know as much about as man cup wins but um from talking to my dad and he said like man cups are um winning those is just probably like the the hardest thing to win and but in the end when you win it, it's one of the best you know so do you want to talk about uh, yeah, that man yeah
1: yeah man well, I remember actually watching you and your dad when it was kind of a really cool moment uh, when he won the MVP of the series and he kind of went up with him and it was it was, it was a neat thing. I was really, like, you know, happy for him. And, uh, you know, especially as a dad now, it would be a pretty cool moment. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think that's what we, you know, grew up with up here. And so I think outsiders... Uh, from the outside looking in don't really understand how much that means to us. It's really what makes Canadian lacrosse special and different. And uh, the, um, for me, it's the formal lacrosse I enjoy the most. And uh, it's a little bit underground, you know, it has that underground feel to it, smaller arenas, not as many people watching, but um, that's really, it's, you know, the, the relationships and the connections you have and what you go through in the course of a given year, is uh, you know makes it really rewarding when you do uh, you know win and have success there, and um, it always takes a little bit of a piece out of you too. Like I always find physically and emotionally, and it's such an emotional game. But um, you know, so it, yeah, I think that's what makes Canadian lacrosse great, and what's always why we're able to compete. At the you know internationally at the highest stages and, and it's what it's what makes us different and and what what makes our, our game special up here and and uh, uh, so it's a pretty yeah it's a pretty cool thing and I know my some of my best memories have been through you know junior senior lacrosse up here and and some of the highest level lacrosse you can find I always maintain that. It, when it gets down to the man cup or even western eastern finals it's some of the best lacrosse you can ever watch and i remember even that, that watching patrick play and coquitlam like you know some of the names that were playing at that time was it just you know it's just not just lacrosse but some of the best sport i've, I've ever seen so um yeah definitely some great memories from from those uh, from those years that's uh
0: that's that's really cool to hear and maybe there's going to be uh more fans of the major series, lacrosse, and uh, going forward.
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, you know when you th- when you think of the PLL and the NLL, MLL, um, summer lacrosse, it's what I hope for, and I think Kyle Harrison put it put it when he was uh, describing the the is, You know what does a what does a 28 year old professional lacrosse player look like, right? Where because I think um, you know the majority of professional lacrosse players now are kind of stealing from Peter to pay Paul, right? Where you're you kind of pulled in a lot of different directions. You have a career, um, all these things to kind of make it work where, you know, I hope four and, you know, five, ten years from now we see um, people, people, players be able to commit to it fully and, you know, go through that level of detail and training. And um, so, yeah, I think it's – at all level, and so hopefully all, all leagues kind of benefit from that. Yeah, I completely agree, and I think that'd be awesome. Uh,
0: so for for kids and for players now that uh, look up to you and your career, and obviously you've had um, lots of success over the years. Um, Do you like to walk us through a typical game day, starting from um, starting with when you wake up?
1: Yeah, it's funny. It's it's uh, kind of uh, evolved over the years. I have um, I was fortunate to one of my roommates at Georgetown and, and one of my best friends to this day. Um, he was really kind of ahead of his time in terms of nutrition. And so uh, that really had an effect on, on me. And uh, so his name is Nick Moritas. He actually works uh, on a lot of the Super Bowl ads. and, and uh, But uh, so he, you know, like just from what, um, I think that's kind of where I start is just making sure that I have, uh, putting the right things into my body, you know, being really well hydrated. Um, you, you kind of have a process and a routine. And now I'm with, uh, uh my roommates, uh, Dan Dawson and, and Dan and I have, are the same age. We go back a long way and, and have a similar type of outlook and approach. So it's kind of nice to have that, you know, with, uh, we're on kind of a similar routine. Um, but it's, um, you know, game days in the NLL are typically, you know, you're up for shoot around and you get a good breakfast, India, you, um, you know, kind of get that nervous system firing in the morning. And, uh, I don't like to nap too long. I usually, uh, uh, you know, half hour nap in the afternoon and, and, uh, have a good lunch and, and that's, uh, it's nothing, nothing too crazy. I'm not overly superstitious, but I just like to kind of keep, um, the same routine, but try not to get too rattled when the routine's off or, um, you know, if something doesn't go the way that you planned. Uh, so yeah, it's, um, more so than anything, just get having, being in the right mindset, being having, having that kind of focused intensity, trying to avoid distractions and, um kind of learning more and more about trying to get in, into that kind of flow state. And so uh, you know, just through these little victories that you yeah, have So making sure your your sleep nutrition is taken care of, your equipment is organized, your you know you're on time, all these little these little victories put you know kind of set yourself up for uh, to be in the right mindset. And I think that is what I've learned coaching, you know, is that, you know, on the way to a game, I often look back in the bus and watch the body language or even when we get to the field, the body language of our players to make sure that they're just in the in the right mindset. And, you know, little cues and reminders, but uh, – and that's something that everybody learns on their own and kind of make it their own. But I think there's these little – if you can win these little details throughout the day in preparation, it just builds your confidence. You know, you can be a little bit more clear and um, – and focused uh when you get to the game so that you're not you know you're not feeling lethargic but you're not too i think we've all experienced those emotional highs and lows going into a game where um you want to be in that sweet spot and so things like breathing mindfulness um those things help too. visualization um you know and you know just getting yourself ready physically too and having a good pregame routine that way. And so, you know, kind of little things that I picked up over the years to to make it what it is now, so.
0: Well, yeah, thanks for that. And obviously, um, anybody looking up to you, you're, they're someone to listen to for a pregame routine. And uh, you have the uh, the evidence to show as to what, what can, what can uh, happen. If you...
1: A lot of it's just trial and error, too, right? Like, uh, I have that benefit of time and experience there where tried some things that haven't worked, and that's important to go through it yourself, your own kind of trial and error process and, uh, you know, what works for you and what's going to get you closer to that, you know, you know that, that, that mindset and that kind of that flow state heading into a game. And um, there's not one way to do it. It's not perfect. There's no perfect formula for it. Um, you try to do your due diligence in terms of research and learning from other people and other uh, athletes or, or leaders that you, that you look up to, you take little things and then you try them, it might not work for you, it, it might work for you, you take what you can and you just, you just got to keep adapting and evolving and, uh, you know, everybody's, every athlete's kind of chasing that optimal performance and so that's what I love about coaching, about playing is that challenge, how can we get a little bit clo- closer to our optimal performance and, you uh, again there's a lot of trial that you, you'll think that you're in a good place and then and then maybe there's a setback um and so that you're constantly just adjusting and trying to improve it and uh so um but that process that trial and error process is something that i really enjoy
0: that's awesome yeah thank you for that um and i noticed you said that uh right now you and dan and are roommates and obviously there's not not a small set of uh partners living together but uh uh, do you guys have like a special shower for you guys or what, what's the deal with that?
1: No, it's, it's funny cause we're both like, he, uh, he grew up in Oakville. I grew up in Orangeville and we, uh, uh, you know, we have similar ba- background, a similar path. We're both really late bloomers and didn't really, it kind of clicked for us a little bit later. And I think because of that maybe, uh, has really contributed to a uh, work ethic and, uh, so it's uh it's kind of neat to come full circle now and kind of finish our careers together, but yeah we're both uh, th- there's some similarities like kind of weird similar we're both tall lanky guys okay. at uh but like we have we both have three kids we both have a set of twins like it's it's a little bit uh, strange that way we're like born like a month apart, um but uh, so but it it's. You know that's what I love about sport too. Is you have these relationships, these interactions that really challenge. You know, like um, again, I see that here at the Hill where um, I'll take uh, I'll take you and and Zach Young for example, right? have Grown up, you know, playing together or against each other, and and uh, you know, but there's also kind of a shared, you know, drive there, and and uh, you know, it's you just watch you know yourself and others challenge each other in practice and that's what i have you know with dan we kind of challenge each other in different we both you know kind of have those uh, try to hold ourselves to a high standard but you're also kind of learning you know learning what what he's doing and you know and and uh taking stuff from each other to to help each other out so it's a cool dynamic
0: yeah i agree with that for sure all right, so we're going to have to move on now. But first, I'd like to say thanks to our partners at New Balance for providing us with the best shoes in the game, Foot- footwear that fits comfortably in both your daily life and the inclement weather involved in sport. We at the Hill Academy are lucky to be partnered with the best footwear in the game. Now time for our favorite segment where we end things off with a variety of random questions to leave our guests on the edge of their seats. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah, let's go. let's go. All right, this is the rapid fire. All right, are you a morning or night person?
1: Ah, uh, I'm uh, I'm definitely a night person. I uh, I like the like, I, I I I like the morning. One of the things I, as a parent now, I love the mornings with my kids. You know when they're kind of, they're kind of groggy. They're slow moving. They're uh, you know kind of have breakfast and they're and their cartoons. I do like a little bit of that. Uh, I always I always say to my, my wife, I just need like 10 or 15 minutes just to watch the highlights or kind of wind down. Um, so I, I don't know if I'm one or the other. I kind of, I, I like both. I like both ends because it's a little bit of that time, alone time, right? Where you're just either reflecting on the day or getting yourself ready for the day. But, um, you know, so I guess I'm a little bit of both.
0: Nice, 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 I like that answer. All right, what is your favorite movie?
1: Um, favorite movie, I, uh, I used to be a big movie guy, um, but I don't have as much time to watch them anymore, uh, but I always like the, you know, I like the Royal Tenenbaums and Bottle Rocket and some of the sports movies I like are, you know, I always love Rudy and, uh, you know, one of my younger teammates... This is how I know I'm getting old. One of my younger teammates is, uh, has never seen uh, Old School, and that's like maybe my favorite comedy. So um, it's like, man, that was that was his assignment for the rest of the week. you got to go watch that movie. So I'd say, uh, yeah, Old School is definitely... That really
0: is is a, that, that's a great pick. That's a great pick. Um, who's the funniest coach on the Hill staff?
1: Um, it's... You have to be on your toes in that office. Um... It's. I think everyone chips in that way. I think. I think Coach Magnon would be. You know, he's, he's a guy that definitely, uh, um, and he's got such great energy and and, uh, but uh, Coach O'Conn's got a good sense of humor, uh, you know. Coach Calais can be a little bit grumpy at times, but he's got a good sense <laughs> of humor too. Um, so everyone's got their own little spin on things. That's honestly, I feel so lucky because it's like, you know. Uh, really close with the, the people that we work with here and some great leaders and great people to be around and, that have fun with things and so uh, that's what makes it fun and, and they're all positive people so even even on the tougher days or whether it be long travel or kind of the emotions of a season, it's we still have a lot of fun and, and uh, poke fun at each other and and sometimes at the players expense too when you guys uh, <laughs> behind those walls when you guys aren't let- Aren't listening, but uh, which I'm. You guys wouldn't do anything like that with the coaches, though. No, no, no. no, no, no. no. Yeah, most respect, no, right? Um, so yeah, it's it's a pretty it's a pretty fun staff for sure. That's awesome.
0: All right, uh, so your pick between Michael Jordan, and LeBron James.
1: Um, man, that's a good one. I um, they're different. Like I love my, and I'm kind of lucky to grow up in both eras. Uh, MJ was just like that. You know, slit your throat type of competitor, Um, but I just have really liked LeBron. How LeBron has turned a corner for me, and when he, when he came back and won in Cleveland, that was one of the more the most amazing sports accomplishments that I've seen. And so, I love like I he's someone that you kind of look up to in terms of his longevity in the game and how he approaches things. And um, but I think Mike. Jordan's, like, mindset and his competitiveness is is, uh, is something that I appreciate, too. So I'll, I'll go with MJ because I'm a little bit more of the old-school guy, but I've, LeBron has definitely grown on me over the years.
0: Yeah,
1: that's a fair pick.
0: Um, now, who's your pick to win the NCAA championship for basketball this season?
1: Uh, is Georgetown going to be in the tournament? I don't know. I think they're a bubble team. Um, not Duke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I uh, well, Duke used to be a big rival of ours, like lacrosse wise. Um, so I, yeah, I, I can't. am not on board with Duke, um, but uh, I'm not as into it as I used to be. But um, who's like uh, who's in the mix? Tell me who's in the mix. Who's like in the top three to five? Well, you got uh, Duke. <laughs> Are they one right now? Yeah,
0: they're, they're, they're they won. just topped back into one because Tennessee lost. So uh, Tennessee, you got.
1: Michigan I'll, I'll go with Michigan yeah. Michigan I like I used to be a Michigan guy fab five so I'll go with Michigan all right uh I think Zion and RJ will say
0: otherwise <laughs> but uh that's that's fair um how do you like your steak cooked
1: I like it well I'm not a huge steak guy so yeah I'm like yeah I'm not a rare I'm, I'm more well done
0: oh wow. I did not I, I cannot lie. I did not see that one coming sure. there um if you were an animal what would you be
1: uh, I get asked this a lot by my kids actually what uh, so maybe because I uh, um, they're they're really into that stage right now so I don't know I'd uh, uh, I'll, I'll say a bear I think my daughter calls me a big bear she uh, she compared me to that so I'll, I'll go with a bear nice um,
0: where's your dream destination
1: um, it doesn't get it doesn't get much better than San Diego that's a uh, it's a pretty amazing city, and uh, I've been out there with my family a few times, so it's a, um, it's, we're pretty lucky to have, uh, have the opportunity to play there. And uh, final question, who's your all-time favorite athlete? Uh, I've, I grew up kind of always with these kind of random, uh, my brother always jokes about it with me, like I loved uh, Clyde Drexler from the Portland uh, Trailblazers before the Raptors came in, into town here. And I ended up playing in Portland and playing in the Rose Garden, and you, you drive down Clyde Drexler Way to get to the, the arena, which was a kind of a cool thing. But um, I've always loved the Montreal Canadiens, and <laughs> which is uh, not not really that popular around here. But uh, you know they set sets a standard for excellence, so. <laughs> Um, and then uh you know, lacrosse wise I've always looked up to guys like uh guys like your dad, guys like Josh Sanderson, you know, uh Philip Sanderson who was uh, had a long time NLL career, uh was an amazing takeaway defender. That's somebody that I always looked up to and and uh so guys like Pat Coyle and Jim Beltman, um, you know, those are the guys that I kinda grew up idolizing. That's awesome. Well, Thank you so
0: much for your time here and uh, on the first podcast. It's uh, I, I think that this can really help the Hill out and um, with uh, branding. And obviously, people people getting to listen to this will uh, definitely say, hey, it, like Hill's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, thank you. You did a great job. I'm impressed. Proud of you, man. Great job. Thank you. Thank you. All right.
0: That's all we have for our first installment of the Next Man Up podcast. We'd like to thank our sponsors at New Balance and Warrior for outfitting our lacrosse program from head to toe, along with our sponsors at Bauer for producing the best gear in the game. Again, thanks for listening and tune in next Monday morning for a weekly podcast. We'll hit you with our Hill Academy send-off. 1-845-Hill pride